I was thinking I might actually time lapse this. Okay. Take your headphones off. <laughs> there we go. Hello and welcome back to Widowed AF. You're here with Rosie Gilmoss and the delectable Jonathan Gilmoss. Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Rose. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Would you like me to introduce you in a sort of lovely descriptive way every week? Delectable. I feel like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little bit naughty. Right. Anyway, I digress, as always. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again. Today, we are going to reflect a little bit on Monday's episode, which uh, was brought to us courtesy of the incredible Jimmy Wilde. He has has had an incredible story to tell, and we were really, really privileged to be able to tell it. And the way he talks about his his partner Tom is um, it's kind of heartbreaking, but also there's quite a lot of humour. I don't think going into this job, I expected to laugh quite so much when talking to people, which feels a bit inappropriate, but. You don't lose your sense of humour just because somebody you love dies. And actually, in many ways, you get a little bit darker, right? Yeah, most certainly. Most, <laughs> most certainly. You tend to sort of be drawn to people that will make the same wildly inappropriate comments. I mean, for example, the fact that I insist on calling John my alive husband, which makes some people a little bit uncomfortable, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... First things first, for anybody who hasn't listened to Jimmy's episode, and if you haven't, I really would suggest you do because it, it is an incredibly engaging and actually quite brilliant episode in, in terms of what the content that he gave. I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. <laughs> but one thing he mentioned was he spoke with me, poured his heart out, and then he had an hour and he had a job interview. I mean, I talk about, you know, skin of your teeth, but I would like to report that he got the job. So congratulations, Jimmy. We are all very, very pleased for you. Yeah, well done, Jimmy. And we'll maybe insert a little round of applause. <laughs> we'll, I could do it, look. Do we have it already? Uh-huh. That's not enough. <laughs> Still nothing. What? Do you hear it? Did you not get the cheers? <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you think about the recording. <laughs> Secret cheers, everybody. Secret cheers. <laughs> oh, everyone, I think I'm mad. So, as, as we just said, you know, this kind of, you know, laughing while talking about death it is something that we, we do tend to do quite a bit of. So, Jimmy came to me courtesy of Anthony Parks, who was one of our very early adopters of the podcast. He came on certainly within the first five episodes and he spoke beautifully, as all our guests do. And he and Jimmy have um, become friends through one of the way offshoots. And I think he said that how therapeutic and sort of kind of empowering he'd found it. And Jimmy was really keen to, to have a go. I mean, he was brilliant. Um, unbelievably, Jimmy's partner, Tom, uh, he died of a stroke at just 30 years old, which doesn't seem like something that happens. It, it's really odd. It, it, as he was telling the story, I was thinking, oh my God, this yeah. happens. And I suppose thinking back to many of the stories and, you know, people dying in childbirth and things like this, it, the, the things that you don't expect to happen sometimes do. And yeah. that's quite scary. Yeah. But I mean, it's why we have to live in the moment. Yeah, exactly and- that. Exactly that. We can't worry about what's coming up the road, as I think a very fabulous band once said, first aid kit. Um, and he also, one of the things he said was everything just did go wrong and I thought that's so relatable to so many people within our widowed tribe that however your partner or your loved one died there will be a moment a kind of cataclysmic moment where your life changed 
for me, it was the knock at the door. For you, presumably, it, it was said by a surgeon. Yeah, it was the it, no, it was the conversation when they no longer a candidate. Yeah, and at that moment, everything just changes. Your life ceases to be the same anymore. Um, and that you know that is it's it's shocking and it's terrifying and it's incredibly incredibly lonely. Um, but one thing that he did speak about, which I really liked, um, is apparently his last words, Tom's last words to him were, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> we're going to play you this clip now because it just made us belly laugh in a, when we were talking about such a sad time in Jimmy's life. And I kind of like that in a person, if I'm honest. Mm, yeah, me too. So have a listen. Here we go. Oh, I've just written that down. Everything did go wrong. That's really that's a really powerful sentence. That one isn't it? Everything did go wrong because yeah, it, it did, and and so many people relate to that. That everything went wrong in that moment. Did you ever see him again? Yeah. So uh, I went back to hospital the next day and thought he's going to be lucid, fine as he is. Went back and he was completely gone again. He was confused. He he didn't really know who people were. He couldn't talk properly. And he just declined really rapidly. And I mean, within a, within 15 minutes. Jesus. Was, within 15 minutes, they, they, the doctors reckoned he was dead. <gasps> and I remember watching all of these people just swarm into this room and consultants shining lights into his eyes, his eyes not dilating, him not breathing properly, a crash trolley. And I'm thinking, I'm like, am I having an out-of-body experience? He was fine 12 hours ago. Yeah. Um, then rushing him out of this stroke ward into resus, uh, doing scans, doctor saying, we're going to have to take him to Nottingham Hospital to have an operation on his skull if they think that's suitable. They took him away. Uh, the last words Tom ever said to me while he was kind of in and out of consciousness was uh, he looked at me and went, babe. And I went, what? And he went, please shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> um, I, I was crying my eyes out. And that was I feel really bad for play. laughing then. Oh it my goodness, that's there. wonderful. Tom used to love to say, shut the fuck up. I love to say, I shut annoyed, the fuck up. I annoyed him all the time and I will own that. That's, that's relationships, and, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, half the fun. He went, he went, babe, shut the fuck up. And I was like, oh God, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> were those his last words to you? Those were his last words to me. <laughs> and yeah, so he was taken to GMC and we were in the car there and my phone starts ringing and a consultant's on the phone. He's a surgeon. And he goes, um, this is going to be quite a difficult conversation to have while you're in the car. So you can hear there that they've obviously both managed to keep their sense of humour. And I, I really like that. And at the end, they were able to lay together on a bed and, as, as Jimmy said, do their favourite thing, which is take a nap. And they listened to Codaline, I think it was the one, yeah. which um, we will pull together a little montage actually for, for Jimmy. We've, we've, we will explain why we've been a little behind on, on the socials this week. But he, you know, the, the injustice and, and so many of our listeners will be able to relate to this. The injustice, not only of you being denied the person that you love and potentially their ch you know, children being denied, but it's also how much they've been robbed. And I, as he said that, I really thought back to when Ben died and how much I kept saying it's not fair he doesn't get to see his kids grow up he doesn't get to live the rest of his life and it is a, just a horrible injustice and we talk a lot about feeling powerless and how 
having all your power taken away in that moment because nothing you say, do, beg, steal, borrow is going to bring them back. And then you're just left sort of surveying the wreckage. And it is really difficult. And he talked about how counselling is is so helpful. But after the hour's finished, that's when you're you're left with your thoughts. And I I think that's why a lot of us do turn to alcohol or, or other coping mechanisms because... Once, you know, if you have children or if you want, you want particularly if you have children, because you're quite trapped in the house, aren't you? Once they've gone to bed, yeah. what do you do with those thoughts? I think that's why you have the chicken and wine phase, is yeah. because you need to burn it out first. Mm. Then go, actually, I can't do this anymore. I've got to try yeah. something else. Yeah. And then and you I, can take the steps. And actually, in that moment, you sort of, you're not ready to put your head above the parapet and, and see what's going on back out in the world. You you feel very insular and that kind of the troll analogy so I think perhaps you don't, even if you could perhaps want to go out into the world, you kind of want to stay in, but you don't want to be on your own. And, you know, people have their own lives. It, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, and it, as he said, you learn to rely on yourself. And I think once you can start to try and do that, and it's difficult. God, it's difficult. I barely rely on myself. But you, nobody's going to do it for you, are they? No, nobody's going to swoop in and and pull you out you you do they might throw you a line but you have to pull yourself out yourself you do, eventually you do, unfortunately yeah but you, once you once you start the process and you get to the other side it's, it's different but it's um it's better yeah it is it is sometimes it doesn't feel like it does it no, sometimes no, it feels it. like you're sort of poking an old wound and things and, and that it won't get better but um it does it does and you know i i posted on um instagram yesterday that I'd a, I'd had a run and I was very proud of myself I went for one today as well just uh, your information um a little bit more of a fan than I used to be but I'm going a lot shorter distance and not really stressing about technique or time so it's actually quite fun just running a bit sort of Phoebe from Friends-esque with the dog <laughs> and, and um but yeah I had I had a bit of a crash and we turned to the NHS because I felt a little bit frightened um, and a little bit scared about how strong some of my feelings were and sadly we were let down and that really kind of compounded it the the loneliness and the isolation because probably for the first time actually I'd reached out to the NHS and and asked for some help because you know I I have private counselling because there there is unfortunately just a a woeful lack of um, resources at the moment and they basically humiliated me and I felt so oh I just felt horrible it was really really difficult and when you look at from the outside and everything seems really good and you know you don't know what's going on beneath and I'm very good at keeping a brave face on and and kind of basically running myself until eventually burnout happens and and that's what happened I had a, a burnout basically so I've taken a little bit of step back from quite a lot of things recently um, cancelled a few and get social engagements and just sort of tried to recuperate a little bit because whilst everything is exciting and fun that we're doing sometimes it can be a lot and you know we do have to protect our own our own mental health as well so I that's that's why we've just maybe been a little bit quieter on the socials but the good news is I'm back I feel much more like myself again god knows what triggered it but um 
<laughs> what can you do, it's, right? You just got to roll with it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a busy ten weeks, of, of eight weeks, six weeks. Yeah, well, it well, has, well, and and well. we are we've we've got we've had one finish already. We've got two finish tomorrow, and then we've got one that doesn't finish till next Thursday. So we were sort of were dragging ourselves across the finish it's line. Going really, really slowly. Weirdly, I'm actually looking forward to. Oh, I can't no wait! Runs, I can't wait! Lazy mornings and. But I also am very aware that so many people will be sitting now and thinking, shit, how am I going to get through the summer holidays? Because they are expensive, they are long, and my God, you get sick of seeing people having lots of lovely family times. And, I mean, the one thing I would say to you is do remember that those family photos were probably, you know, pulled together through hist, you know, threats (laughs) the children (laughs) to smile. Um, And, you know, they probably had a row before they went out, but (laughs) that's not very charitable of me, is it? But what you see in a picture and on Instagram and things, it is just part of the picture. And people, you know, who still do have their spouses, they will still be, you know, it won't be this Instagram perfect vision that you're seeing. Um, Now, one thing I would suggest actually is if you are a member of Way or if you're thinking about becoming a member of Way, they do organise holidays and trips. And I've done two and they are really valuable because you are with people that get it. Yeah, I I did one. uh, one That was when we got got caught snogging. Yeah, um, and then there was like a meet-up in uh, a park down in Ashford. Oh, was that the one uh, that you said to me that you'd go to and yeah. then you didn't turn up at? Oh, no, I didn't turn up oh, at. You didn't turn up Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was me. Okay, let's, let's, um, let's edit we, that bit out then. That, we don't want to keep it. <laughs> <in. laughs> but uh, I just hung out, kids played, there was frisbees. It was, it yeah, it's, it, I think if you can get together with um, with Way Offshoots, and there's lots of local groups, and I, I'm not affiliated with Way, but I, I genuinely think that they are a really good resource if you're feeling particularly um, cast adrift this summer, which many, many of, of us will be. I'm just going to take us back in a little bit to Jimmy's episode because uh, one of the other notes I've written down, one of my copious, terribly written and almost indecipherable notes, and what he said was the ITU, sorry, ITU nurses were crying. And you think the amount of tragedy and death that they must see and this particular story moved them to tears. And there's one moment where he describes actually himself crying into the COVID mask, which I think is one of the saddest descriptions I've ever heard. <laughs> but doesn't that tell you so much about the love between these two? And yeah. the, the fact that they were, you know, the medical staff were moved to tears by the loss. And I think that's such a lovely legacy to leave. You know, the fact that you, your love was so clear that people that didn't know you could see it. Yeah, yeah. And... One of the things he said to me, I, I thought was really beautiful. And he said, you know, lo- love other people, love yourself, but don't forget about me. And that's all tied into legacy and this fear of being forgotten. And I said it in the episode and I said, no, I think actually coming on here and recording your stories is a really valuable way of preserving their legacy because their story will be out there for as long as you want it to be. And I think that's, that's I like the thought of that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. In fact, we were saying we might re-record or record a sort of conversation between the two of us um, kind of going into our own stories and what brought us into the Widow Club because we recorded ours really, I mean, six months ago with um, very different tech. So it'd be interesting to see now we've warmed up how how that goes. I think the audio is a little bit better. (laughs) The audio might be a little bit better. The the one that we recorded in the dining room, which is the kind of most cavernous room. (laughs) the echo <laughs> we were learning we are not professionals i know i know it's hard to believe but we are not professionals <laughs> not even close. Not even close. do you know what i wasn't going to talk about this in as much detail because i'm i'm guilty of oversharing and i'm always a little bit conscious that i reveal too much about my my personal life um but actually we 
we encourage that here. We encourage talking about the good, the bad and the ugly because none of us go through life squeaky clean and perfect. And we all do things that we feel shame over or embarrassed about. And on um, Monday, it wasn't yesterday that we went to the hospital. No, no Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, I was feeling really, really crap. And I am um, basically, they, they don't happen very often. I'm not a sad or depressed person, but I will get these kind of, horrible little bouts where I just feel very very bleak and John went to the GP and said you know is there something we can do because um you know my wife's obviously quite distressed and they sent us um and they sent us to the hospital now when we were there um not only was I told that if I left the police would arrest me and bring me back in cuffs I was also told that social services would have to investigate I was then told after seven hours that the best they could do is refer me to community mental health. So I love the NHS, but I don't love the way mental health is treated within it because I didn't know what to do. I was very, very upset. And I reached out to my access point, which is the GP, followed their advice and was humiliated, terrified and left feeling more isolated and alone than ever. Sorry, it's making me emotional saying it, but I think I'm going to try and leave this in. And I came away, and I'm very fortunate, because I am under the care of a private psychiatrist, because I have ADHD, and you have to be well, a psychiatrist um, in order to uh, med have medication. Um, and as such, I was able to reach out to him and say, you know, what on earth happened? What is this? What's happening? Um, and it's at this point that something called PMDD was discussed, which is a sort of um, a hormonal fluctuation which causes, you know, really, really terrible mood swings. So if you're so suffering from these things and you are, have a uterus, and then maybe go and have a look into this because I had never heard of this. But it answers quite a lot of questions. So I don't have a formal diagnosis. I'm going through the process now. But, yeah, how interesting that something can be that catastrophic to women's lives mm. and nobody's talking about it. And whilst I know this is not a podcast about women's health, maybe I'll do one one day, um, I do think it's relevant because so many of us will, it may, it may be exacerbated by, you know, the circumstances we find ourselves in. Um, but yeah, I was quite shocked actually. And um, to, to clarify, uh, we have spoken to social services and they have dropped any the case. It, it's just, it, there's no, no case to answer because obviously um, my children are safe. And I feel very vulnerable talking about this here because it's talking about my children and it's probably one of the most upsetting things that's ever happened since Ben died was the thought that I might bring that to my door. But as I said to the lady on the phone earlier on today, um, I walked her through the entire experience because I was sat with you for those seven hours up in A&E and, mm. and witnessed these people. You never people, left my side. Um, witnessed these people and their attitude and everything else and understanding mental health in 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 a unique way that I do. We do, from from what um, we do here. From what we do here, from a past, from, from sort of myself out for everything done. else. Um, <clears throat> it was diabolical. So when, when they rang up to... Uh, chat about how the the safety, how this affected our children um i gave them full chapter and verse and, and explained that all the things that we do for the children and the people that we speak to about the children and the help we get the children mm. um and then explained how this 
nurse, for want of a better word, mental health nurse in the hospital. Warning, I think it might have been a doctor. Oh, no, there was two, wasn't there? <laughs> and, you know, the, the threats were, if you leave, the police will come back, and then when you definitely wanted to leave, the security guard wouldn't do the pin. I felt like a um, caged animal, and I, I did, I had a full meltdown because I, you know, that's what happens when you <laughs> constrain an autistic person. Um, who is frightened, they, they melt down. And I did not shower myself in glory. And um, But as my counsellor said, you weren't angry, you were frightened. Yeah. And um, and that's true, I was frightened. So I came home and actually speaking to my, my doctor really comforted me and gave me, um, I guess, the idea that the, there is an answer and it mm. could be as simple as changing my contraception. I mean, you know, wow. <laughs> So um, I feel like I've really kind of dragged the, the mood down a little bit there. And I do apologise to anybody. Um, and I'm probably going to ruminate a lot on whether to put this out tomorrow. But um, I'm going to try because, and obviously if you're hearing this, I did. Um, because, I, I, because I can't be the only one. I can't be the only one that has, you know, tentatively asked for help, you know, when they really didn't want to and found that none was there. And I'm really, really sorry if that has happened to you. And um, if you would like to talk to me at all, you, you, please do message us on, on Instagram or there's the Facebook group. Um, and I, I really do try wherever I possibly can to reply personally to each and every message I get because I feel very um, kind of protective of you all. I mean, I was going to say we were thinking we should do a celebration of 25,000 downloads, but we're hurtling towards 30. So there's quite a lot of you out there now. But um <laughs> So it has got a lot busier this last couple of weeks. Yeah. So uh, thank you for liking and thank you for subscribing. <laughs> there we go, the oh. mood's back up again. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think while we're laughing, I'm going to call a, call this episode to an end. Um, <laughs> we never quite know where they're going to go when we start, which I think is probably the beauty of, of, of what creates the magic here. So if you've listened so far, thank you very much for sticking with us. And... Um, Lots and lots of love, and I hope, I hope you're all doing all right out there. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>